Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the eighth Kessel Run Comics podcast. This is your host, Macadelic, and co-host, Skelly Boy. And we're ready to bring you guys some delicious chum entertainment. So, we're just going to jump, as we always do, straight into our top five. Our number five on the list this week is Wonder Woman Legacy Number 750. This is a $9.99 book, so yes, it is $10, but it is a 96-page giant. It's a thickum, to yeah, say the least. I it's mean, a thickum because it's got nine different stories in it. Yeah, that's delicious. I mean, I feel like anybody who is a fan of Wonder Woman should pick up this issue, being that, as we said, it's got nine different stories in it, so whether or not you're actively reading the Wonder Woman ongoing title... Even if you want to get into Wonder Woman. Exactly. You know, this is a this great a stepping stone. Pick up, for sure. Know, just to get your foot in the door and understand some of Wonder Woman comic side instead of just the movie side of Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I really like the homage cover, too, because I think that since Wonder Woman has the Earth or like a globe on her back... Yeah. That pays homage to uh, Atlas. Yeah. Like the, is he Greek, Roman? Uh, Atlas is, I don't remember. He's one of the Titans. Yeah. So I think he's Greek. Okay. Got you. I was about to say it like. I can't remember. My mythology isn't. Any other time I would have known. Yeah. My mythology isn't great unless we're talking about Norse. And even then, Norse, I just know more about Norse than I do any of the other ones. But still, I would say my vast knowledge on. It's Greek because Zeus fought the Titans. Okay. Great. Yeah, I just had to think real hard about it. But I, one, I do like the homage cover. Right. And one thing I, I'm just now noticing about the cover that I'm really liking is her hair. Because her hair has that blue tone to it, mm-hmm. which they didn't do. And I think it was like the 2017 run of Wonder Woman. Her hair was always the picture has black. Right. And I'm not reading the current ongoing. but So I don't know how it looks. But that's such a, throw, a throwback to the right. old Wonder Woman because that's how her hair was always done. You can tell it's black, but there's that blue tint to it. Right. Just to show how like, really dark it is. Yeah, I like how long it is, too. I feel yeah. like her hair looks longer than it typically is. Being, I mean, I know she's in a crouched position, but, I mean, it goes down probably a foot past her breast, and, I mean, that just seems long for Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's, that is pretty long. I feel like this is one of the older... This might be one of the older covers. It seems like they... Done. Yeah, it might be. That's what it seems like with just the styling on then it. Then it'd be a double homage, yeah. though. It might. That's why I think it is. I'm not sure. I didn't fact check that, but just now looking at it that hard, because I haven't really looked at the cover all that much. And another great cover for it is the Shannon Mayer variant. The Shannon Mayer was hot, and so I just have to say that because you know I love anything Shannon Mayer. Well, you remember when I told you that Dad said he wanted us to get a couple of the Shannon Mayer variant, and I feel like the Shannon Mayer variant would have sold a lot better than this will sell. Yeah, because definitely. I may beautiful. Ha- I, I got five copies of this, and I could see potentially two of those getting picked up. I mean, I don't have anybody specific in mind, just based on the fact that you know we're promoting it right now, and it's an uh, an extra special issue, being yeah. that it's a milestone. Yeah, but I feel like you know it's a great book. Anyone should pick it up. Do you want to rate it? Since the yeah, it's really um yeah. Since we didn't actually read through this one, um, I would probably give it. I'd probably give it a two and a half. I'd say right at middle ground out of five, you know, just because A, I didn't read it, but more so, like, just from an exterior point of view, it's mm-hmm. 
it's a beautiful book. I mean, I could definitely see in a high grade getting that slabbed and just using that as kind of a decoration, like, yeah. you know, a wall yeah, ornament. It's a, it's a beautiful cover. Oh, yeah. And, well, with my rating, since I did pick up a little bit of the last Wonder Woman right? that I was talking about before where her hair was black, mm-hmm. I did get the number one for that one. And I think I have the number two, but then the comic book shop, I was shopping that shut down. So I just quit. You know, where was that? I think it was the one that opened up in Whiteville. Got you. I think I was getting them from there, or I may have got the first couple from Second and Charles and then switched over to there because Wavel was closer than going to Fayetteville. Right. But just because I like Wonder Woman with that, then I'm probably going to have to give this a three just because I know her stories are good. Right. And so that's how I feel about this one. I like Wonder Woman. I might not pick it up. I might, you know, depending on how dry it gets with all of my short series on my mini series ending yeah. right now then i might end up picking up just to have something to read yeah you do have two or three different mini series that are just perfectly ending yeah all at the same time all right ladies and gentlemen moving into number four on our list we have ruins of ravencroft dracula the one shot so this ties in directly with the two weeks ago release of uh, Ruins of Ravencroft Carnage, and then last week's release, Ruins of Ravencroft Sabretooth. Both of those are also one-shots, and like I said, these three one-shots kind of tie in and give you precursor events to this new Ravencroft miniseries that's going to be a five-issue miniseries. Now, I'm ready for that one, just based off of reading these last three right. one-shots. They were all great. Sabretooth was my favorite one, but that's because it showed more, most of two of my favorite characters. But this Ruins of Ravencroft Dracula, I didn't like it as much as those, but it still got me ready for Ravencroft number one. Even though I didn't like the story as much, it did show a good story of how Ravencroft came to be and the events of how actually Dr. Ravencroft himself died. Okay. Because he, he he dies in it. And it shows how he... I about spoiled it. Man. <laughs> but it shows the events leading up to that. There's Captain America and Bucky action. Like, Bucky, Bucky, not Winter Soldier. Right. So, old sidekick Bucky. So, previous, before the arm. Yeah, before any of that. Gotcha. He's still an American soldier. Nice. In it. Yeah, I didn't know who he was at first. I was like, who is this guy so with Bucky, Cap? So, Bucky has a Howling Commando. Yeah. Nice. And Cap has, even though on the cover he has the round shield. Right. Because, <gasps> I don't know why, it has the, what's the shield called, the diamond shield? I guess so. He has it, the diamond shield when he fights Dracula, even though on the cover it's the round shield. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's because it's part of the comic takes place in modern day. Right. So I feel like they put modern cap on it, but when you're reading through it, it's not. And it shows Dr. Essex actually about to perform on Dracula. But then a bunch of stuff goes down, and Dracula gets mad, and Cap happens to show up just in time to fight him. Because <laughs> Dr. Essex isn't yet Mr. Sinister, so he can't quite handle that yet. I wonder what at what point he takes his experiments from being on... Well, he's old at this time. He's not right. old. He's still like near immortal. Yeah. But he doesn't have his full power yet. I feel that. Cause I, well, I'm assuming not because he hasn't like used them on anybody. And Dr. Essex, just going off of his history, mm-hmm. he, was, he was a peer to um, Darwin. Yeah. So this is taking place after war, or during World War Two. Correct. 
So, because there's Nazis and everything helping Dracula. So, obviously, he should be dead. Right. You know, but he's not. He's just, he looks like he's just the average middle-aged man, like in his mid-40s. So, I'm assuming he's done some of his sign, some of his experiments on himself, and that's why he's using Ravencroft 4. Gotcha. So, in the next series, he might actually end up becoming Mr. Sinister. I'd love that, man. That would be such a way to popularize that title, because... Right now, I'm not seeing... I mean, other than you, I don't see anybody who's really expressing interest in the Ravencroft five-issue miniseries. There's yeah. been a couple of people who've bought the Carnage. There's been a couple of people who bought the Sabretooth. And there's probably going to be somebody, you know, by the end of the week who picks up this Dracula. But there hasn't been a lot of people who have either pre-signed up for the Ravencroft or that have expressed interest the way you have. Yeah. So, ultimately, I feel like... Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Oh, because I know he that. plays a big deal in it. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite characters ever since I was little. But with this, I didn't like it as much, but it was still pretty good. And I, I feel like even, you know, having Dracula on here, that could get a couple people to look at it. Oh, yeah, because you know? Dracula is just an age-old character. Yeah, like someone might be like, ooh, Dracula. You know, and stuff like being, oh, that's Captain America. Like, oh, he's fighting a vampire. Yeah. That could get some people that are into horror to look at it. And I feel like Ravencroft is going to take that kind of horror turn. For sure. And I just feel like it's going to be a pretty good comic to read. And I don't know. I'm ready to rate it if you are. Dude, I am always ready to raid the Ravencroft. The secrets. They're always there. But anyway, what would you rate this book? I give it a three and a half. Okay. Because it is getting me ready for the Ravencroft series, like I said already. But it's not quite as good as Sabretooth or Carnage. And really, I'd suggest if you're going to read them, read all three of them. Definitely. You know, just to get the full backstory. Don't I mean, if you wanted to just pick up Carnage, because I know there are a bunch of Carnage people that just love that character. And oh, yeah. And love that symbiote. Then you could just read Carnage. If you just like Sabretooth and Wolverine, you could just read Sabretooth. But if you want to get the full um, process, like the full story, get all three of them because they're all worth the read. So I'm going to give it a three and a half, especially if you want to pick up Ravencroft, which is like Marvel's version of Arkham Asylum, if anyone doesn't know what Ravencroft actually is. Thank you for educating the people on that fact, Jacob, because I feel like more than not, people don't know that. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, you've heard of Ravencroft a couple of times because we have cuckoo birds like Kalidas Cassidy, you know, yeah. the host of Carnage and other characters who are Marvel borderline insane. Show it as much. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like DC almost kind of plays through Arkham Asylum sometimes it's because so many people from Batman's Rogues Gallery are there yeah. or have been there before. Yeah, no one ever talks about where Marvel characters get locked up unless it's on Striker Island. Yeah, you Striker know, Island is a lot more prominent than Ravencroft. That's, that's the only place, but Ravencroft's more is for the cuckoo heads, where Striker Island is more for that they could take over the planet and kill everybody heads. Yeah, like lock these people down, not give them help. You know, yeah. Ravencroft, you're trying to give yeah. them help. Usually it doesn't work, but still, it's the effort that counts. Yeah. Yeah. So with your rating being three and a half, I would say mine is at a three because I think I like it more than I don't like it, but as you already said, you know, this is probably the weakest of the three one shots. And, you know, as you said before, I'll end up I'll end up reading it even though I haven't already, and I'm definitely pumped for the Ravencroft series, and I'll be reading that, because like you said, more than likely they're gonna find some way to spice that up. Yeah, I could see it on my list. 
I could see it, I mean, easily being the origin or... I mean, I, I could see it more so being an origin story for Sinister than a first appearance. Because, and I get well, what... he's already had a first appearance. Right. Well, uh, I thought he's not Sinister yet. Oh, yeah, he's not Sinister yet. Right. I mean, even though there's a picture of him... There is a picture of him with a diamond in it. Right. You know? There is, like, a portrait of him on the wall in the modern day that you mm-hmm. catch in Sabretooth, which I showed you the picture of from... Uh, the last one shot. Yeah, I showed it to you from the Wikipedia that that's the same picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And so we do know that he becomes him. Yeah. You know? And you can even tell from his shadow in the Sabretooth one that he is sinister because it shows his cape in the shadow. Right, and the double diamond, like the one yeah. on the chest and the one on the forehead. Yeah. Well, that that um, that solidifies my point like even more, you know? Like you said, he's already had a first appearance, but he has, has he had an origin story, though? Yeah, they haven't talked too much about him himself. They're just like, oh, Dr. Nathaniel X, Essex, he's the crazy one. Yeah. That's just how all of his colleagues look at him because he chops off like Wolverine's arm and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's the like, mad scientist yeah, they're like, type. Oh, he's the one that's, he's the reason we have a bad reputation. They're probably warranted in believing that. Yeah, I mean. All right. Well, Jacob, what do you have for number three on our list? For number three, I got something that you're probably going to be a lot more fond of than me and probably a lot of other listeners because, you know, I'm not that big of a symbiote person. But we got The Web of Venom, Good Son, which is about Normie and Dylan Brock. Well, Normie Osborne and Dylan Brock and their adventure living together because Normie's parents take him in yep. while Eddie Brock is away. Yeah. Do you know where Eddie is? Yeah, he's on Venom Island. Okay. It, it, Just wanted to make sure you knew it that. It tells you that. Okay, good. It, tells, it says, like, refer the Venom number one to see where Eddie is. Wow, Venom number one? I mean, Venom 21. Ooh, I was like, dang, they're trying to have you get the whole run. <laughs> they're trying to educate That's you. marketing right there. That would be marketing. <laughs> you got to read 21 issues to find out where he is. So, as you said, I haven't yet read this, but I have flipped through it. I have seen the big, full-spread pages. I know the crazy stuff, you yeah. know. I really enjoyed it because it showed they're, like, two different sides of the same coin. For sure. Because they both have crazy parents. You know, this is after Normie was Goblin Child. Dylan has had a run-in with a symbiote. Like you said, he has a symbiote in his helix. Yeah. You know, that is confirmed that he is a symbiote. Mm-hmm. And or like a symbiote-human hybrid. It's something yeah. that we really don't even know what yeah. he is yet. Yeah, He's something beyond a human and a symbiote, be, being that, I mean, his human form is what he is most of the time, but, y- you know, you pull out some negative emotions, and he can flip a switch and become something that you've never seen before. Yeah, it shows that a couple times Great. in this. But he's doesn't, it, he doesn't look like a symbiote, but it shows just his switch getting flipped. Yeah. Like Eddie does. Like how Eddie, he can act just fine, but you flip that switch, and then it doesn't matter if he's in the Venom suit or not. Yeah. He's about to wreck the beast your is whole out. world. You know? And there are several times, he even does, I didn't tell you about it, but he actually actually does something to a grown man, has a child. Dylan? Yeah. Nice. Because, like I told you, Dylan also has carnage. Right. That he listens to him, which is just weird to me. And... He takes over a raccoon. They go on a little adventure. They sneak out. They're not supposed to because they're supposed to be locked away because they're two demon children, right. basically. And their parents know it, so they're like, nope, you are got to stay in your bedroom. You're not allowed out. They sneak out like children do when you try to lock them up. And this grown man, he tries to kill the raccoon, and Dylan just flips a switch. And he like tackles the man, and he's like, he has the little carnage. And he's like, I'll put this in your ear. 
and he does the same thing to Normie. And it, I like how it shows Normie has more of the psychological crazy. Yeah. Like, he's, uh, he's like, borderline psych... Oh, I was about to say psychosis. <laughs> and that's not quite it. Like, almost like a schizophrenic kind of crazy. Right. Where Dylan is more of, like, an anger management crazy. Right. Like, you flip his switch, he's just mad. Where Normie's almost demented. Mm-hmm. And if the artist on this... Which one of these? Which one was the artist? Because there's five um, names on it. I think artist is Neves. Like you're talking about interior art. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Neves. The interior art, because there are a couple. It's like the first three pages make Normie look purely demented. Wow. Like when I opened the book, I could tell he was going to be a demented character just from mm-hmm. the art style. Before I actually got any of the substance substance of the book, but it was a good read. I wish they would do a full series on it, and you said they were testing the waters for that. Right. So if it came full run, I might have to pick it up. Well, that's definitely good news because, as you said in the beginning, you know you're not you're not preferably a symbiote guy. Yeah, and I also like uh, Sleeper. Ooh, Sleeper is an awesome character. They don't use Sleeper enough, but since Absolute Carnage, you know, last summer, they've yeah. been using Sleeper a decent amount, and he's been making lots of can uh, almost an appearance in every issue. Okay. I like his appearance in this one because he's kind of the middle ground. Yeah. And I feel like that's odd for a symbiote to be that way because mm-hmm. so many of them are crazy, but he's like, hey, you guys, you need to stop before this whole thing comes crumbling down, okay? And that's just neat that you get to see an actual symbiote Active, not taking someone over, just acting as a symbiote itself because he has his own form that's mm-hmm. like a humanoid. Yeah. And that's different because you always see Carnage and Venom symbiotes as just like a little liquid in a vial. Right. And I thought that was neat that they showed that off. Oh, yeah. I love his story. I, I, I can't wait to actually read this book because, you know, as as you were wrapping up your reading of it on that last page and boy that last page is nuts we're not even going to talk about that it's nutty just just because if you've been reading absolute carnage or been reading reading the vindio series you need to pick this up right now yes like if you've read any other carnage if you've read any other venom this is a book you have to pick up it is should be legally mandated i would be i would definitely agree with that just because it, this, you know, as Jacob said in the beginning, this takes a turn and shows you the children's point of view rather than usually how the story is running through Eddie Brock. Yeah. Now well, has Cletus Cassidy and yeah. the other one. Oh, yeah. For sure. What would you rate this book? I'd have to stick it with a, since it's a one shot and there's so much I would like to see done with it, I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. Even though I don't like symbiotes, but I wish they would do more with it. And I really hope they do. I hope they pick it up and run with it because this was a really good story. Yeah. And their whole, the way they interacted with each other was really interesting. Even with it, when they weren't being crazy little delinquent children, it was interesting because they have that like brotherly bond. Yeah. But then they don't at the same time because they know they're both crazy and they can't trust each other. Right. And I thought that was neat. They do have uh, some great chemistry in the actual Absolute Carnage run and in all the tie-ins and stuff because, you know, since the superheroes being Venom and Cap and Wolverine and Spider-Man and everybody's trying to take care of Venom and team up for Venom, when that Absolute Carnage series and the tie-ins were still going on, and like the especially the Venom tie-ins, because I, mm-hmm. I suggested to anyone who is reading Absolute Carnage you don't have to buy all the tie-ins. I mean, I get that. That's super expensive. But all you needed to read was the five issues of Absolute Carnage miniseries and then 
get the four Venom tie-ins, since that's the main series that all this rolled out of, you'd have the entire context. You'd have all you needed. And during a lot of those Venom tie-ins, Normie and Dylan were spending a lot of time together. They'd be locked up, like, in a closet hiding, or they'd be running away together, or, like, you know, something would happen. The two of them, since they're close to the same age, and they're both, as you said, from crazy families, they're, they're sticking together. And like you said, at the same time where they have that brotherly bond, they know that they're crazy and they can't trust one another, but they're still doing their best. Yeah, and I feel like that was, that was a really interesting part of the book, and that's one of the reasons I did like it. Yeah, they're but dynamic. I would definitely recommend it to anybody who likes any of the symbiotes. For sure. So you put your rating at 3.5. I'm going to put mine at a 4.5 only because, only because from what you've described, as I admitted when we started that one, I hadn't read that yet. But from I flipped through it, I saw the main parts, and the main parts excited someone like me who has read all that Absolute Carnage off and who loves Donny Cates, even though that book wasn't written by Donny Cates. Yeah. It was written by Zach Thompson. It still follows his story. Yes, it still follows his story, and it was originally solicited as a Donny Cates written title. Yeah. So that probably just gotten got switched because Donny Cates is doing so many things now. He's yeah. doing Thor, he's still doing Venom, you know, he's doing a whole bunch of indies. Yeah. I mean, Donny Cates, as I've said, you know, as I've said before, he's got so much going on and he's the man with the plan. Not everybody has to be a fan, as you've said before, you know, you you kind of a huge fan. Yeah, you could kind of take it or leave it. Yeah, I mean, I don't like I don't not like his work. Right. But I'm not like you. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's good writing. I'll give him that. I'm not saying he's bad. Yeah. But he's not my flavor, my preferred flavor of tea. Right. With his with his writing, and since that one shot wasn't his writing, I'm going to focus more on what I, when I was flipping through and you know basically just seeing page for page and seeing the images. It excited me. I saw a step forward for those characters, and I, man, I'm ready to get to the bottom of it. So, as I said before, like my rating's a 4.5 based on anticipation. Moving to number two on our list, we have Middle West number 14. And this has been a, a title. Sneak pick. Yeah, this, this is a sneak, a sneak pick. pick out of left field. Oh, yeah. I didn't like 13. I thought you said you enjoyed 13. No, I said it was decent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, you know, if I ever read a comic and I don't like it, mm-hmm. then I'm probably going to tweet about it and wow. tweet the author because I'm like, boy, what are you doing? Dang. Because that has to be some seriously bad writing. Expose him or her. Yeah. So, I mean, it just wasn't my cup of tea. And But this this one right here, number 14, it completely, this might end up being something I sub to. Okay. I'm not quite yet sold, you know, I'm because this is an ongoing, so I don't want to sub just because I had one good issue. Right. You know? But this one was great. And one thing that, just thinking about it now, that I'm realizing, it didn't have as much action in it as I normally prefer. This was a whole bunch of drama, really. And them telling, like, each character kind of told their backstory a little bit on how they ended up there. Because they're all runaways. So some semi-origin action. Yeah. But in something like this, we're not going to get a full origin because oh, yeah. they always change. You know, like every how many how many issues is the volume? Uh, you talking series? about like a story arc? Yeah. Probably like six. I mean, usually these are new characters. Yeah, from the last one. It's usually from, from four two. to six. Yeah, but 
I like that. And for anyone that doesn't know, Middle West, this story arc is about runaways who actually work at a camp and they have to harvest this stuff. I believe it was called Ether. They didn't name it in this issue. So it's been a month since I've read the last one. And they have to harvest it. It's extremely flammable. Like if they drop it, they're dead, basically. (laughs) And they have to wear special suits in the Midwest heat. So they're out in like Arizona wearing like full radiation suits. And it's, and you know, they're always complaining about it. But in this one, one of the main characters, Abel, well, the main character, he his friends notice that he's shining stuff since they've been abducted and moved here. Mm-hmm. And that happens in the first one. I don't really like the first one, but that's what happens. Basically, it's like an origin story for Abel and how they all ended up there. It kind of explains it and shows them starting work. This takes place a little bit after. And they're working. The girls all, y'all need to hurry up, yada, yada, doing her normal, like, team lead type of thing, which she was still a runaway, too. Right. Everyone here is a runaway, except for, like, the head people. And they're all like, oh, you just side with them because they give you benefits and stuff. And she's like, no, I just want to be out the heat, you know, and stuff like that. But the main character ends up getting a promotion because he saves a guy who drops some ether and catches on fire. And, like, I showed you the cover art. Right. Not the cover art, but the art for that page. And whenever they catch on fire, they're on fire. Oh, yeah. The art in this book is phenomenal. Yeah. This Corona is doing a phenomenal job. And that's something that actually made me pick up this book whenever I was looking through them. Because number 13, I didn't like the story as much as I would like to, like I said. But just the art on it was great. So I figured I'd at least give this one another read because of the art. And it was worth it. Like I said, I might end up picking it up. And I think it's an interesting story, you know, in this, like, dystopian world where runaways get kidnapped. For sure. Yeah, Middle West is one of the first indie titles I ever subbed to. One of the first one. I think it's probably, to be exact, I think it's either the second or third indie title I ever subscribed to. And it was all because of Scotty Young originally. But when I read one, two, and then three... Three was the one that got me sold. Three was the one that I was like, mm, this this is Did a story. Did they sto- still focus on Abel? Yeah, Abel, uh, Abel's the main character through it all. Okay. Yeah, that's the best part is all the other characters change except Abel and his dad. Okay. Yeah, because like everything that Abel experiences is in kind of like a dreamland type thing where he escapes like his dad's verbal, mental, and physical abuse. Okay. That's why this is an adult title, See, I've not a title that, for kids. I haven't got to that part of this one yeah. where they explain, like, oh, it's a dream. Right. You know, so far it shows Abel and his dad in the first one. Then he runs away. He's at this camp. Yeah. Well, you see, any time that he runs away, he's basically, like, manifesting all of this as, like, a lifelike experience. Okay, cool. So now I know that. Yeah. Cool, because I knew that a lot that's of the why people he, were that, new. Yeah, you know, that's like, why there's a talking fox, too. That's not in this. It's not in this one? No, not yet. But was it in the last one? No, I haven't seen no Talking Fox. Well, the Talking Fox is a reoccurring character, so he Uh, will definitely show up again. Yeah, that has not happened yet. Okay. Not that I remember. The Talking Fox is lit. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. If you say so. He's a great character. I forgot what his name is, because like I said, you know, I think the last issue I read, I've still got every issue in my collection, but the last one that I read was seven. Yeah, so I'm basically halfway through where it is now. Okay. Yeah. So unless between here and there the fox somehow dies, and I don't see how the fox could die if it's in like a dreamlike state, then 
Something could have happened in his life. The right. fox could have been something else in his life. Yeah, I get that. And that could have ended. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I might have to get volume one and two now. If Whoa. This, if this really picks up and I like it. If I like the rest, any of them, as much as I like this one, then I might have to pick it up. Well, you got to do a follow-up read on 15. That, that sure would be will. your deciding factor because right now you've had a mixed experience. You know, 13, yeah. you were like, eh. 14, you were like, mm. Next month, we're going to have a top six with a guest appearance of number 15. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> more than likely that week we could make it a a, num- a number on our list. Yeah. I don't know why I just fumbled for a second. Anyway, what would you put your rating on it? I'd give this one a four. Okay, sweet. That might be the highest I give anything. I, I'm going to give it a three because I'm going to say, again, basically the same reason I did on Wonder Woman was I'm going to say yes more so than no. That's why, you know, I'm not at two and a half, I'm at three, because I do like Middle West. I love Scotty Young's work, whether it be his writing or his art. Yeah, I mean, both. I'm a big fan of his art. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would love for him to have done a variant cover for his written book, you know, for this Middle West title. Yeah. That would be awesome. You know, some double Scotty goodness. Yeah. But, you know, as you said out of four, I said out of three, we've come to the book everyone's been waiting for. The number one on our list, Guardians of the Galaxy, number one by Al Ewing. The same writer of Immortal Hulk, the groundbreaking Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Anyone who's a Hulk fan has been reading that title and has been loving that title. The reviews are in no way, shape, or form negative. Everyone, and I mean everyone who has been reading the comic, loves it. The only people who have voiced anything negatively about Al Ewing's writing in the last two years, I guess, it are, are just haters. Because, like, legit people who read the books and who have been collecting it since issue one, this is a, a series that, like I said, you know, Immortal Hulk was groundbreaking, and he's going to do the same thing to Guardians. Yeah. He's going to take this team and make it his own and just run away with it. We're going to be blown away. I'm yeah. telling you now, at issue one, before it gets to where Immortal Hulk is at 32. Yeah, and I mean, this this was a good book. Because they're fighting the old gods. They got some Kree and Scroll action going on, too. So you have two different conflicts, because the old gods are trying to fight the Kree. Because they're at a ceasefire, and the Scroll end up always getting drugged into it. If the Kree ever do anything, the Scroll have to be there for... For whatever, reason, yeah, I was just, about to say, for whatever reason. They're just like, reason. oh, there's some beef over here. We're going to come over here and poke it some more. And then Nova being part of the Nova Corps, he's actually the one that puts the Guardians together this time. That's great. Yeah, he comes and asks them for help. And he's trying to be like the peacemaker, you know, being in a Nova Corps. And he's like, hey, y'all old gods, you need to not do this. And they're like, mm, we're doing it because we're gods. <laughs> and there's actually Greek gods in it, like Hermes and Artemis. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they're in it too. Like, it's a lot of different gods are in this besides just Zeus. If you had to guess, why would you say that this number one is titled Then It's Us? Is that ever spoken in this book? Oh, if I, if I would have known that that's what it was called, I would have looked for it. Yeah, I get that. I that- believe it is. Okay. I believe it is. I believe one of the Guardians say it. It might be Moondragon when they're trying to be recruited. Yeah. And I believe she might say, then it's us. Right. Or something like that. Talking about like once the team finally basically had the auditions. Yeah. 
Right. I believe it is spoken because this is like a ragtag team almost of Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not complete ragtag, you know. They all because Moon Dragon is an official Guardian. Yeah. So is Star Lord and Rocket. Those three are official Guardians. Yeah, Moon Dragon was, you know, the previous Guardians of the Galaxy series written last year by Donny Cates, only went 12 issues, and it has Moon Dragon as one of the main Guardians. So, being that you just said that Moon, saying. yeah, that the three of them, yeah, that's definitely just a rollover from Cates' action. Yeah, it shows them sitting down has a family, and Moon Dragon's there. Right. Yeah, like she's an official member of the Guardians, like canon wise. Like, right. It wasn't just something that Kate's did. Yeah. It's accepted. And that's why she, she signs on with Nova, and Rocket does, obviously, because he's Rocket. And Star-Lord actually gets into a little baby mama action with Gamora, like a little baby mama trouble. Because, of course, she's like, we're a family. And he's like, mm, girl, I promised to save this galaxy, so I got to do what I got to do. But he says it over text. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only part that, you know, after you told me that, I was like, really, Peter Quill? That's really Star-Lord. That's weak. Like, I feel like that is a very Star-Lord thing to do. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying that that's part of his character, but still, you know, really, man, that's that's, that's your A-lady. Yeah. Don't, I I mean, I know you like to play the field, and you like to be a goon, and you like to find you some women, but come on, Pete, like, you, (sighs) Gamora. She held you down through all the movies, through all the old OG comics. Like, that's history history right there. See, I'm not big... Well, I can't say I'm not a big fan of Gamora. You've seen my Gamora number one from the last solo series she had. Oh, yeah. And so I, sh- I can't say, like, oh, I don't like her. Yeah, and I showed I- you that Gamora uh, number one, Shannon, or the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one, Shannon Mayer, that had yeah, Gamora on the front of it. Man, if Shannon Mayer doesn't, this is this has to do with Guardians, so I'm going to say it. If Shannon Mayer does a Nebula number one, I'm ordering it. I might just have to get that 9.8. Like, Ooh, oh baby. boy, that is something that I'm looking forward to in February. That would be pretty nutty. Like, because uh, that's, that's why I'm more anticipating than this comic. But after reading this one, it's going to be some action. Oh, yeah. And like you said, you know, we we can't buy every single comic, but being that, you know, we do a podcast every week, it's going to give you a great opportunity to read further issues in this run. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think uh, it's an interesting debut of Marvel Boy. They don't show him doing too much. Yeah. But they do ask him questions about his powers because, of course, he's like, I have my own laws of physics around me. He can make, like, a battlefield around himself where he can control the physics. He can make black holes and stuff. And, like, they're like, ooh, we're going to use that against these gods, but they don't ever show it. And this one, they only really show Moondragon using her powers to, like, hide them by manipulating their mind. But then, oh, boy, it's a spoiler of how she gets clocked. Like, mm. she gets run down, and it's really, it's interesting. It shows how fast Hermes is, but I feel like it was a neat show of their her powers. Which Nova is it? Does it say his, his, like, name? his name? I mean, the OG Nova is Richard Ryder. That's him. Okay, good. Yeah, I want to say it was Richard, but I can't remember the last name. I well, like, so what, so there, name? yeah, there's only really been two popular ones and richard rider is the og the one that i've got in the case of the nine point uh, you know the it's richard rider it's yeah. the one that's the actual adult yeah it's i was about to say the other one, one is kid nova yeah it's or not like, kid nova i forgot what his you know earthly name is or I his just remember him from the uh 
Disney series. Yeah. Where he was in school and his teacher With was like, like Spider-Man? Yeah. And yeah. the teacher was like, you, the, the superheroes do nothing but destroy our city. And Nova is just sitting there. He's like, if you only knew like how hard it is to do this, like thinking to himself. Right. I love whenever any time, whether it be TV, movie, uh, anime does it the most of anything, any medium that I'm about to reference, comics, books. I love in like internal thinking like that's, that's one reason i really like skull digger yeah yeah it does have a lot of that and i so did notice Ravencroft. that which one the this one i was about to say the dracula yeah dracula it has a bunch of like ravencroft himself it shows a bunch of his internal thoughts sweet yeah. i love that and like it kind of picks his brain a little mm-hmm. but back to the guardians yeah i liked it a lot I might pick it up, not guaranteed, you know? Right. But it has a, you know, like, it didn't have as much action. With something like this, I expect action. Right. You know, for indies, I feel like I don't hold them to the old action accountability standard that I do everything else. But this had a bunch of talking because it had auditions and everything. That's one reason I'm saying that number two, I might like it a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Once they get into some action and they're showing some confrontation there was confrontation with nova and zeus and um well not nova and zeus but the girl dude i was trying yeah i was yeah i was trying to figure out what her name was it might still be a version of star brand because there's been several oh yeah so many but i can't remember her name and she has the sword i don't think she was star brand though i think we've had her name at one point we said it last week on the podcast i think when we were talking about this book yeah but Oof. <laughs> Cannot remember it, but she, her, and Zeus get into it. Uh, I, I can't remember her name. Oh, well. Well, my rating on it would probably sit... Mm, I'd probably sit at like a three and a half, and that's a hopeful three and a half because I hope that it touches a lot on Nova. I mean, I've been waiting since about 2016 or 2017 for another Nova series because I collected the Scotty Young number one. I got a regular number one, and I think I went up through four issues, and then I I, uh, went off to college, and I stopped going to my local comic shop at the time. But I loved Nova. Nova was one of the, at that point, my top three favorite titles. I was reading Amazing Spider-Man, Nova, and... A DC title. Oh, an Aquaman. Okay. Yeah. I'd say I, I probably have to give it a three. Even though it is our number one. I know I gave Middle West a higher rating. Yeah. But this one just had so much. I'm giving it a three with high hopes. Right. That number two will be a lot better. And the writing was good. But like I said, I just expect Star-Lord didn't have any of his quips like he normally has. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's one thing I was really looking forward to because I love Star-Lord as a character. He's my favorite Guardian by far. Oh, yeah. You know, with the exception of Nebula, if you want to count her. Well, man, he's the Guardian. Yeah, he's the Guardian. So, But I like him because he's funny. He's quip, He has like his little quips and one-liners and stuff. For some reason, a lot of people like Spider-Man. Yeah. But I like, I just think he's a better adaptation of that. But I like space stuff. A lot more. Yeah, Cosmic is so much more fun. Because, I mean, the yeah. boundaries are endless. Yeah, and it's funny because he's a human. Well, yeah. Uh, half half human. human. But a lot of people think he's a human. Right. You know, like, everyone doesn't know that he's part planet. Yeah, I was about to say, it, it's like looking at, uh, 
It's like looking at any brown person nowadays. I mean, so many of our people in America are mixed that, yeah. like, if somebody's brown, like, you're just going to get assumed to be black or assumed to be Hispanic or assumed to be Native American yeah. based on, like, they're going to look at your skin first and then look at your next attribute, like your hair, and then yeah. just assume off that. Yeah. yeah. But with our ratings out of the way, we can move on to some speculation. And speaking of brown people... It is rumored. Now, all of these we have today are from MCU Cosmic because this man has some good sources. Oh, yeah. It's always the same guy doing He's reliable. these articles. But he has some speculation that America Chavez is rumored to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And this is coming from there was a casting for that movie looking for a Hispanic teenage girl. And America Chavez has supposed to have been debuted in the, well, it's been speculated for a while that she would debut in the MCU at some point. And we've talked a lot about how Marvel's trying to hit the every demographic. Oh, yeah. Target. I mean, that's, that's kind of Marvel's whole thing. Their whole deal now is that, you know, well, they're trying. deal. Huh? Oh, it's, yeah. It's kind of been their deal. Ever since they started, they've tried to include everybody. Yeah. You know, they haven't always done such a good job at it. But that was one thing that Stan Lee did talk about a lot. Was yeah. trying to include everybody. Like with, well, Bobby just caught, confirmed as the first gay one. But there's always been like characters that you could just tell, you know? Like I've talked about a bunch of niche characters that you don't know about that I can't find anything about that I know exist. Yeah. But that they really covered demographics from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Because my dad's told me about them. Yeah, they've got like so off the wall characters. Like, for instance, um, Arabian Night. Yeah. Like, I mean, boom. Like, who is, you know, it's a sword wielding. Like, I'm pretty sure he also has, like, magic powers. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not a buff on any, you know, niche character, but I definitely have heard of and know very little about Arabian Night. Yeah. Like, if you say Arabian Night, I know he's a Marvel character. Oh, yeah. You know? And they just have, they cover such a wide variety yeah. with their characters, and they always have. Even back in the day when they didn't do such a good job of, like, demographics as in skin color or sexuality. Right. Like, Tony Stark was supposed to be hated, mm-hmm. you know? Because he, he actually was debuted during the Great Depression. And so he was, like, the rich, flamboyant guy that everyone was supposed to hate, but people fell in love with him. Right. So even then, you know, like, Stanley's always tried to make everyone feel good, you know? But on to this, I feel like this is interesting. I don't know too much about America Chavez. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was going to, if this does happen, this is going to be like a big deal. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Because Espe- I can't think off top of any Hispanic um, Marvel characters in the MCU. Miles Morales? Well, he's not MCU. Yeah. He's Sony-verse, but. Yeah, I'm I talking mean, like in the MCU. Right. You know, like, I understand him, you know. Uh, ro- uh, are the TV show? I mean, this is. This is a, such a stupid question for me to ask. I own a comic shop. I should know the answer to this. Uh, is the, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, like, those Netflix series, those are MCU? Yeah. I'm sure okay. there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. character. I was about to say, the of. Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider. That's oh, third iteration. Yeah. And yeah. he's all Latina. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in that because I quit watching before that happened. And that's but the only part I've me. watched. My dad told me about it when it happened because he called me because my dad loves watching all them shows. Uh-huh. Where I'm the opposite. I'd rather read the comic books. And, and watch I the might movies. watch the shows. You know, Yeah, and yeah. watch the movies. And my dad called me. He was like, hey, have you seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because I did watch that at one point. And I was like, nah, I haven't seen it. And he was like, Ghost Rider's on it this week. I was like, 
excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> that was such an out of the part, like out of yeah, left field type character to introduce in that show specifically. They so many smaller characters. Like, yeah. I was like, excuse me, did you say Ghost Rider? And he was like, yeah, it's not like the, it's not the normal Ghost Rider though. It's a different one. I was like, okay, it's only like, I didn't expect it to be normal Ghost Rider, but this is the first speculation we have. We got a couple more speculation and we're going to bounce back and forth. But with Moon Knight rumors, you know, several of them bouncing around, there is a Marvel launching, Marvel's launching a new Werewolf by Night comic. That's exciting. And this is something I thought you might have some knowledge on being a Moon Knight fan yourself. And this is the first cover of it right here. Well, so Moon Knight, the reason why Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night are so intertwined is because Moon Knight's first appearance was in Werewolf by Night number 32. That book is so hot right now with the Moon Knight Disney Plus series coming out in a few months or maybe a year. I'm not sure exactly on the true timeline for that, but those two characters more than once have crossed over. Even after... His first debut was in Werewolf by Night. Oh, yeah. I thought it was 32. Uh, 32, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um... But Werewolf by Night, you know, as I, as we were just saying that Moon Knight made his first appearance in Werewolf by Night's comic book. Yeah. Well, Werewolf by Night has popped up multiple times in Moon Knight's comic book. And they're speculating that he's going to be a character in the Disney Plus show, too. Oh, I hope. Yeah. I hope. That's the only way that you're going to do it justice. I think the Moon Knight TV show should be used to usher in these horror-type characters. Werewolf by Night, Dracula... Because he's also been rumored to be introduced in the Moon Knight show. Hmm. So just all these, anybody who's, you know, kind of more like a mystic character, like Ghost Rider. Like, shoot, have him pop up in Moon Knight because they've teamed up before. I mean, mean, he has, but I That's what I'm saying. I'm not a big fan of that team up. I you should do the whole. Are Legion you saying just one on one? Yeah, Legion of Villains. Or no, it's not Legion of Monsters. Yeah, Legion of Monsters. Unless they do the whole team up. Well, see, that would be great. That would be delicious. They should have their own series. Yeah, just do like a sitcom style series about them. Like that would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Like that Marvel, like Disney, hit us up. We got ideas. Yeah. <laughs> But I hope they use that Moon Knight series, as I was saying, to just usher in any of those horror genre characters that Marvel hasn't really either fleshed out in a comic or given a show. Because you can have Moon Knight being the... Obviously, he's the main character, but yeah. have him. He's obviously going to be in every single episode. Have a different ep- Have it be kind of like a comic. Have the series be like an anthology, or have it slowly go through one story arc where he's fighting Werewolf by Night, and then the next story arc where he's going against Dracula, and maybe he runs into Blade or something like that. Just oh, all the boy. yeah, that's what I'm saying. All these characters you know that I are kind of Blade. Don't throw him in there. Yeah, he's I mean, have to clap him. He's- shoot, I love if they would just show a tease. Just show, like, some graffiti on the wall or something on my boy man thing. I mean, <laughs> you know. You're going to be watching. You're going to see a random, like, tree moving in the background in a swamp in the distance. You're like, it's man thing. I mean, if I see some red glowing eyes, I am. That's all it'll take is a tree moving in the background because it's a little too windy. And if I see, like, a red reflector, boy, it's man thing. But seriously, you know, like I said. I can see you calling me now. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I'm have ca- you watched it? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the new episode? Just, like, scratching my arm really yeah. hard. 
a fiend for the Moon Knight. But dude, I'm looking forward in the coming months before Moon Knight actually airs. I'm really, really trying to be on top of finding me uh, Werewolf by Night 32. Like that is heavily on my list. First Moon Knight. I have, but dude, like I said, they're freaking ridiculous. Like, they're in the multi-thousand dollars. Oh, boy. Yeah, and in a mid-grade, my guy. Yeah, like, like, uh, I was going to say, like, you're talking about spending about probably between fifteen dollars and $1,800 on, like, a 6.0. Um, I'm good. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I want one that's CGC'd. Yeah. Like, I don't want a raw copy, so I'm probably paying even more than that. Yeah. See, like... You know how I am about CGC stuff. I'd rather buy raw than send it off. Oh yeah, I mean that. Ultimately, that's saving money because a lot of times you could probably buy that werewolf. Like I don't, I haven't looked at the raw uh, prices for a werewolf by night thirty two. A werewolf by night thirty two. If I had to guess, a raw would probably be about a third of that price. So you could probably get one for about like six to eight hundred dollars. You know, something yeah. like that, and. If that were the case, I mean, it would be way cheaper for you to get a nice copy of that. I mean, if you're if you're getting a near mint copy, dude, you're definitely spending probably that same amount of money that you would spend for that 6.0 CG seed. Here's a Werewolf by Night 32. Oh my lord. Yeah, what's the price on it? I just want to hear it to see how close this I was. This is a 3.0, right? Is it CG seed or not? CGC 3.0. Rare pencil copy. Unpressed. $112, which that one's not crazy, but then right up under it, we're off by night 32, CGC 9.0, $2,750. See, that's a 9.0. That's at the Here's bottom of the 9. For 800. See, like I said, you'd. But it looks good. Yeah. A, a good one you could probably get between six and $800. Maybe maybe just, just under $1,000. I just have to have it in the next shipment to CGC. Well, you see, what's crazy is like, I'm trying to find all methods possible to do that, but. What I'm doing right now is I'm watching a lot of five direct edition Moon Knight number ones in mint condition. And they were found in a warehouse. It was a where, uh, wow, where? Well, I guess, yeah. It was a warehouse find. So, I mean, dude. And the guy doesn't. Tell me something I'm watching. What? It's a Moon Knight of one, two, and three for $160. Of the original 1980 series? Mm-hmm. Excellent. I do believe. If it's the one that has like the four different Mark Specters on it, like uh, the three Mark Specters and one Moon Knight. I don't know what you mean by Mark Specters. That's Mark Specters, the character that play that is Moon Knight, like mm-hmm. the actual guy. Like it would show a guy with like grenades around his neck, and like another guy who looks kind of dapper, and another guy who. Uh-uh. I don't Let know me which see one it. This is. Which one was that? Oh, that's probably like the mid '90s collection. Okay. Yeah, the 1980 number one is like the one that I've got up there in the front of the shop. Yeah, this guy has no other stuff on here about it. That's so crazy. Like that's all he has. He has Moon Knight uh, one, two, and three. Then he has uh, Werewolf by Night thirty two in the title, and then in his actual description, he says USPS shipping. <laughs> like, oh boy, you are not trying to sell. Oh no. But I feel like this would be something sticky that you would really want to look at. Like you'd be really hype about. Oh, dude. I anything with Moon Knight. Yeah. You know, I, you know 
and the same kind of goes for Werewolf by Night, just not to the same extent. Like, where more than likely, that new Werewolf by Night comic, whenever it finally comes out, it's gonna show multiple horror-themed characters. Like, it's yeah. either gonna show Dracula or it's gonna show Moon Knight. You know, Morbius. Oh, that I'd rather see him than. Yeah, I mean, you Dracula. keep talking about Dracula, and I'm like, Morbius is a character. Yeah, more. Yeah, and Morbius is. I mean, I guess he's neither one of them. Right now I was about to say he's getting the his movie. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I feel like Morbius is more likely in any of it, except yeah. for the Disney Plus stuff because of the Sony deal. Right. But as far as the comic books go, there's no reason Morbius couldn't be in it. Yeah, definitely not. You know, shoot. I mean, since they've got a Morbius ongoing now, and they're coming out with that Werewolf by Night uh, ongoing, it would be really cool to see those crossover and do like some kind of event for like four issues or something like that, or three issues. You know. Yeah. And so, moving on from the Moon Knight speculation, now that you're all hyped up. Oh, I'm hyped. There's some speculation that Enchantress might actually be coming and appearing in Loki. Enchantress is a nice character. (laughs) I know her better from, uh, like, I know the DC Enchantress a whole lot better than I know the Marvel Enchantress. Just because she is, she, I mean, Marvel's basically sat her in the CD category, like, as far as character popularity. Yeah, she's not that well known oh no like i knew she was a character right you know but her appearing in the mcu like that's kind of crazy yeah but i wonder what actress you get to play her that's what they're talking about okay and this uh because they had posted a casting for marvel's loki which is going to be a limited series on disney plus you know and they're doing castings now for it they posted a casting for a caucasian woman between five six and five eight with blonde hair and they were very specific on wanting blonde hair that's what's got everyone pointing towards Enchantress. Because Enchantress is never portrayed as tall. She's like average height, pretty average build, but she's got that long blonde hair. And that's one thing they've really been pushing for. And they're also looking for a African-American woman that is between 5'7 and 5'9. wonder who that's supposed to be. I don't know. At first, people were thinking it was for Captain Marvel, as Brie Larson is 5'7. And that's right in the range, but... You know, this is for they're looking for someone different, right. obviously. And Brie Larson doesn't have that long. You said you said they're asking her to be African American, right? No, there's two different listings. Right, 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 right. I'm saying the, first the second one, is one. Caucasian, five seven to five eight, with blonde hair, and the second one's African American female between five seven and five nine. So th- I have a little bit of a hint for that. So I mean, this could absolutely not be it, and these two characters aren't directly connected, uh, Loki and Misty Knight. But I don't see why it couldn't be Misty Knight, you know? Because that, that sounds about like Misty Knight. Misty Knight's the character um, when we were reading Sabretooth that has the bionic arm. <gasps> oh, and she was with yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, I always or not she, Iron Man, Iron Fist. I always forget she's a character. like Because she's such a minor character. Well, she's kind of like a detective that had some bad stuff happen to her. And now she's, you know, her arm is the only part of her that's cyborg. Yeah, like it, she's such a like minute character, though. Yeah. That I haven't devoted her to memory. Yeah. As who she is. But you, you're right. But I don't think she's that tall. Well, I think she's just about average height. That is considered. I mean, five seven to five nine for a woman is kind of definitely on the taller side. Yeah. So yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I think if it was a direct casting for Misty Knight, it would probably be five three to five 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 three to five six at yeah. most. You know. But that's my best guess because I can't really think of a another character i mean the only the only african-american character that i can think that's kind of 
in the same region as Loki would be um, Valkyrie, you know, the one from the movies. But obviously they wouldn't be doing a casting if it was going to be Valkyrie. They'd probably just get her to do it. Unless her contract ended. That too. Or unless they wanted new actors for the Disney Plus stuff. Because, you know, she is she did do the um, Men in Black stuff. Yeah. So her contract, there could be something going on with her contract. Maybe so. That's you know? a good that yeah that's or a good thought. Or she could have other projects. That's one thing that conflicts a lot with actors. Yeah. Like we were watching something earlier where Will Smith was supposed to be in The Matrix, but he wanted to be in Wild Wild West more. That's so, so great. How how great does it get to be when you're at that A list, even B list status yeah. as an actor, and you get to basically have offers thrown your way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times they're thrown to your agent first, and then it comes down to you. But you have the ultimate decision what you accept and what you don't. So yeah. I mean, and the actress for um, Valkyrie could have just you know she might might have done that role her time, and just been like I don't really feel that role. Yeah, you know that I'm kind of over it. Yeah, you know that could happen. She could get tired of having to be super fit and stuff to play a role like that. Oh yeah, because anytime you play an Asgardian, you have to be on it with fitness right. the whole time. Right. So that could be, you know, it could be something like that. So it could still be Valkyrie. This article doesn't speculate too much on the African-American one. It's more focusing on the Enchantress. Just yeah. Because that one was so specific. Oh, yeah. One blonde hair, you know. Yeah. And, they're of course, they're immediately jumping for Enchantress, which I think it would be neat, you know. But the last thing is the Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries well, series on Disney Plus is rumored to introduce the Thunderbolts. Excellent. The Thunderbolts was a comic that I was picking up very briefly in 2016, 2015, somewhere in there, around my senior year of high school. But it it was a good little run. I mean, it was uh, I only kept up with about five or six issues of it. But Bucky's the leader of the Thunderbolts. Yeah, and according to David, um, how do you pronounce his last name? Rickman. Yeah, according to David Rickman via his Patreon, they like he said that they're going to make their debut there. Ooh. Yeah, and they were... Um, in the TV show. Yeah. Excellent. And in November, MCU Cosmic actually had broke the news that Thunderbolts were in early development. Cool. So, so he's basically rehyping his previous news. Like, yeah. he's basically saying, like, I had the scoop way before this was official. Yeah. So he's already been on it. Like, we always say, this man's on the news. Yeah. I need to get this man's contacts. More than likely, all I was about to say, more than likely, Jeremy Conrad, because he does have a picture of himself. I mean, he looks like he's a retired dude. Or, if not a retired dude, that he's definitely, like, already paid his dues, done his deal, and now this yeah. is his life. Well, you know, you his can rep- read his little bio there. He worked for IGN DVD back before they did digital stuff. And he worked on Star Wars Galaxies. Right. So now he's just living his life. Yeah. But like he said, with WandaVision starting to set up, Young Avengers and the Falcon and Winter Soldier setting up, Thunderbolts and the Disney Plus shows are really going to be you know, very intertwined. And Kevin Feige already said they would be one time. Right. But with all this news breaking right now about all of them and how closely connected they're going to be, then that man wasn't joking around. I see why they're ending Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You know? Is that still on Netflix? I don't know. I, w- I would be surprised if they didn't, unless a contract or a deal kept them from doing it. I don't see why they wouldn't just go ahead and transfer that to Disney+. Plus. I haven't seen it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I haven't either. That's why I'm saying like it. it, it it's either I mean, just on live. Marvel. 
Yeah, it's either on just live TV or it's still on Netflix. Yeah, if that, I wish they put it on uh, Disney Plus so I can watch it in 4K. Yeah, if they put if they put a lot of stuff that's not, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. There's plenty of stuff on Disney Plus for everyone. I mean, shoot, they even got National Geographic on there. Yeah, that, but and I watched something the other day and it was great. It was a uh, Bear Grylls show about I don't basically. Like Bear well, all he was doing, that's unimportant because most of the time it's not actually about him. It's just about voiceover, like his voiceover. Like yeah. he's narrating. Okay, when he narrates Nature. stuff, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. He does have a nice voice for narration. Yeah. Well, that's that's what this entire series is. And each episode explores like a different biome. Like the first one was like uh, mountains. The second yeah. one was oceans. The third is jungles. Yeah. Like And... It's awesome because, like I said, his narration's going on, but you see out of the 22, 25-minute episode... Or no, these are a whole hour long, I think. So it's like 45 minutes of actual TV show. But out of that, you only see him for maybe a total of five minutes. And other than that, you're just looking at, like, you know, predator versus prey relationships. Yeah. And it's just really interesting. But like I said, everything that you could possibly want is on Disney+. Plus. Um, But... I mean, there could be so much more on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, they like, have such a wide scope they could cover. Yeah, so many older movies. I mean, all the stuff that's tied in with the MCU and, you know, those those old shows, like the old Daredevil and stuff, you could yeah. put that on there. I mean, They really I, could. They could put the original Daredevil movie. Man. Even though no one's going to want to watch no it. No one's going to want to. I, I was more talking <laughs> about the series, but, I mean, uh-huh. I'm down for the Ben Affleck movie, too, well, you gotta I guess. got to get that on there. I mean, I would watch it because the OG Punisher movie and the OG Daredevil movie, I've never seen. The OG Punisher movie, I know it's garbage, but when I was little, I loved that movie. (laughs) And you know what I loved even more was the game, which were both garbage by modern standards. But I loved them when they came out because I was little and I thought the Punisher was cool. Yeah, the Punisher's a badass, man. Thick, Thick and thin, he's the same dude. Like, and my favorite not. scene from the movie, you haven't seen it, but this man gets into a car wreck, rolls his car, and he slides out, and the guy walks up to execute him, and he has some toenail clippers. And you know the hook for the toenail clippers? Like, yeah. Some of them have to file with the hook. Yeah. He has some special toenail clippers that will shoot that thing out, and he shoots this man in the neck with his toenail clippers. That's wild. <laughs> On some straight-up James Bond stuff. Fatality. <laughs> and, like, like, that was my favorite scene when I was little. That blew my mind. That was pretty... Graphic? Was it graphic? Like, did it he start, like, spewing cool. out it his was, neck? It or was, what? like, made for TV. Okay. So, you know, it wasn't, like... It wasn't, it wasn't no, like, graphic. It wasn't Netflix or HBO level. Yeah, yeah. If, if, boy, yeah. if Netflix did that, his neck would be blew out. I'd have so much fun with a show like that. That's why I like Daredevil the amount I did, is because the times where Daredevil would get, like, mangled, mm-hmm. like, he was fighting multiple opponents. Like, there was one time I remember him fighting the, uh, the hand, like, the Yakuza or whatever, and, yeah. bro, he had, like... Six, five or six people fighting against him. Two had swords, and like three had just different kinds of Japanese weapons. Yeah. And they were whacking the crap out of my dude. I mean, he's already blind, but we know he has superhuman hearing, and he can take care of himself. But boy, Karen Page had to doctor that man up. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think at that point Claire was introduced, the character from. Yeah. Yeah. Claire was a great character. She she was across Daredevil and Luke Cage and a bunch of different series. That was one thing that blew my mind. 
what that she was kind of a yeah, trans when i was first watching it you know because i was you know i seen daredevil right when it came out yeah then i was watching luke cage and jessica jones and she was still like she was just like the doctor yeah I she just like, translated oh. across all those shows yeah i was like that's miraculous that it that was a really good idea from the netflix hire like hiring standpoint i feel like that was a really cool way to introduce that all these characters take take place in the same world yeah, and you definitely know, instead of just having them appear in each other's shows, having a minor character. Well, she's not really minor, but having a non-main character appear in each other's shows. Right. You know, that's such an interesting way to do it. Most companies would just be like, "Oh, you know, Daredevil's going to be fighting, then Jessica Jones walks around the corner and helps him." You yeah, know? it it shows it like you were saying from and not that all of these characters are in the same world, but it's even further than that. They're all in the same city. They're in the same know? district in the city. They're all from Hell's Kitchen. No, 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 no. Uh, Luke Cage is from Harlem. Well, uh, Jessica Jones is in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. And so is Daredevil. Uh-huh. That's how I remember them. There's a Hell's Kitchen. And Iron Fist Harlem is from is, like a... Harlem's really close to Hell's Kitchen. They're right beside each other. Yeah. Um, I think Iron Fist is from a nicer district, but I just can't remember which one. Do you know how the city's laid out? No. Not... I do. From, I've played Spider-Man. Yeah. And I, they're like, it's... Like, Hell's Kitchen, and then you have Harlem, which is, like, up here. And then you have, like, a really nice district over here, and that's probably where Iron Fist is from, because mm-hmm. I don't know too much about him, but they're, like, right there together. Kind of... They're I'll, not on the other side of the city. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably on a quick sprint from each other. Yeah, they're no more than, like, 50 blocks. Yeah. You know? And, so. and in big city terms, that's not a lot of distance for yeah. those of you small-town people, same as us. Yeah. I just happen to know how long a block typically is. And so that's really not, like, that's big distance to cover, like, in a car in the city. Oh, yeah. But on foot, like, you could do that easy. Like, oh, yeah. You, I mean, shoot, you could probably trek 50 blocks faster on foot in New York City than you could in a car. Yeah. Because of traffic. Especially depending on the time of day. Oh, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we've got for you this week. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. As always, you can find us on Instagram at Kessel Run Comics, and hopefully we'll hear you guys again. Later.